Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning and welcome to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this December the 15th, 2021. Happy hump day to you all out there. Whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're uh, deciding to listen via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I do appreciate you tuning in here as we try to get you all of the latest information, sports uh, information, entertainment, news, and uh, certainly some opinions being shared as well. And speaking of sharing some opinions, we're going to be joined right now by our Arizona Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports. He is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, good morning. Happy Wednesday. How are you today? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great, thank you. We appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know that uh, things have gotten changed around a little bit because of the now 83 COVID cases that have turned out since uh, since the game essentially ended on uh, on Monday night in the NFL as uh, COVID protocols running rampant right now, and I'm sure the Cardinals are just taking all the you know necessary precautions to keep their players from contact. Is that essentially what's happening today? Well, actually, you know. Uh before even the COVID cases came out, this was kind of the schedule of how they were going to go about the week. Uh, so really, I mean, it was kind of just, uh, uh, I guess, luckily it happened this way because now they kind of take, they took some of that risk out already. But, uh, you know, I talked to Cliff yesterday and he said that it's status quo for them right now. There's no, they didn't have any re- uh, recorded or reported positive tests yesterday. Obviously that can change today. Everything can change in two seconds right now, but uh, it sounded like they were all good yesterday. Uh, we'll talk to them about like probably 10 o'clock today again, so we'll see again. But, yeah, just crazy to see how everybody's starting to uh, have those cases pop up. Yeah, I mean, like the Cleveland Browns just announced this morning both Kevin Stefanski and uh, Baker Mayfield have been put into COVID-19 protocol. That gives them, like, I think it's 10 players and two coaches right now that have tested positive this week. So things not going well for them. And, of course, starting quarterback uh, going down as well. But let's talk about Monday night's game because – uh, Tyler, I, I I talked about it on my show yesterday. I talked about it for quite some time and with quite a bit of, uh, of fervor, if you will. I'm watching the game on Monday night. The final two drives, Cardinals are down 10 points. And I, I broke down the, the timing that everything happened within, and I just I, – I'm baffled, completely baffled by the absolute dropping of the ball and lack of recognition of clock management by Cliff Kingsbury and by Kyler Murray in those final minute and 18 seconds of the game last night. And then, so I go to the the press conference to find out what Cliff was thinking, and nobody asked him the question. Am I completely off my rocker here about the clock management? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I actually thought it was really great clock management for the – for that first half where they came back and got that last second field goal to, uh, you know, tie things up for me, it was more about the penalties, man. It was more about the penalties and just not doing not just shooting themselves in the foot. Really. I mean, they said that the whole time and, and that's what really stood up to me. I think, uh, you know, if, if they don't have those two penalties to start that last drive, I think, I think they get into more of a rhythm than what they, uh, what they showed because I mean, they just went backwards that last drive and, and even the one before that, you know, it's it's just it, they just couldn't get out of their own way. That was the biggest thing for me. I thought I, I didn't think the clock management was really that bad. 
Because, I mean, still, they still had plenty enough time, but when you're getting a penalty, I mean, Murray's, what, he scrambled 16 yards on that on that second-to-last play, and that put him that put him in great field position, and then all of a sudden, penalty, penalty, penalty. And then it was like, all right, we're done. Like, <laughs> they're not moving forward anymore, so there's the game. So I, I think it's more about them just shooting themselves in the foot, not being as uh, as sharp as they had been. And, you know, it's just another thing for the for the home narrative that is, <laughs> that's just going to get swirled up. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, what I'm talking about is in, in that second to last drive, and you're right about the first half clock management. It was it was good, and it, you know, Kyler was able to break free and get that big gain to get uh, Prater in the field goal pos- uh, position. But what I'm talking about is when the Rams called timeout. It was second and nine at the LA 27. There's a minute 13 to go in the game. The Cardinals have no timeouts. They decide to throw the deep ball into the end zone, which I'm fine with. You need to get a touchdown and a field goal to send that game to overtime, anyways. So they spend, you know, six seconds running that play. At that point, it's third and nine. Your chances of converting a first down in that situation are, you know, are difficult. Not to mention you don't have any timeouts to stop the clock. They run a play, and, and of course, you know, it, it, Kyler gets sacked, and now they're having to run the field goal unit onto the field. Tyler, I, I went through it. They wasted 37 seconds of time by not kicking the field goal on third down. And it, it cost them yeah, the game. I mean, it absolutely yeah, cost them I the mean, game. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from. But the thing, I think the thing with me was that you gotta try, you got to try to score the touchdown there because I feel like getting the onside kick is already going to be a huge hurdle, and then having to go down the field and score a touchdown there is going to be another huge hurdle where at least if they, <clears throat> if they could have found the end zone on that second-to-last play, they just have to get – probably 30 yards, 40 yards, and then could go shoot a shoot a long, long field goal to try to tie it up. But I, I get what you're saying, yeah. It was it was a little uh, – it was rough seeing that. But, I mean, it's I, I feel like that's what they, they had to do, I think, just with the odds of everything. I mean, scoring a touchdown after the onside kick just sounds like an insurmountable task. Whereas, if you're getting the onside kick and you want to boot a 65-yarder with a guy that is – pretty trusted then go for it but uh i I get what you're saying i think i think there's a lot that can be said about those last two drives and and then nobody asked kyler about not spiking the ball on the final drive first and 25 they throw a six yard pass to james connor there's 19 seconds left on the clock and he's running around like i'm like what are you doing why don't you spike the ball he's second down it did sound like uh they had some miscommunication on the spike oh my god that was uh I believe that was brought up. How do you not have? How do you not have that buttoned up in week fourteen, Tyler? Like that's that's pathetic. Uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it, I, I know, I know. It's it it, it is. Uh, <laughs> it was it was very it was very showing. So I'm it, not even a Cardinal fan, and I'm football. pissed off because I want to see good football. No, I want to see smart football being played in the NFL. These are the guys who are being paid millions and millions of dollars to coach, play, scheme, all this kind of stuff. They've got analysts all over that building that figure out when you're supposed to do this, when you're supposed to do that, when it, you know, what the, the, the score should be when you try to go for two, blah, 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 blah. And they can't figure out you have to spike the ball to stop the clock to run another play? I, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I know. There, there, there's a, there, there was a couple of those. <laughs> there's definitely a couple, couple of those. And and obviously, it's going to go back to uh, you know them just kind of getting back together with Kyler coming back and and Hopkins coming back, which hopefully Hopkins is feeling good because yeah. he got an MRI yesterday. So <laughs> both he and James Conner, uh, yeah, right? I think it's yeah, and James Conner. So really, really a uh, lot of uh, breath holding today. I think for Cardinals fans. So until uh, they find out what is going on with those two. 
Well, I mean, the good news is the Cardinals are going on the road. Well, they'll, they'll score 30 points, and they'll beat their team, whoever they're playing, by more than 10 points because that's all they've done all year. And that opponent is the Detroit Lions. So <laughs> yeah. you, you probably – I mean – if if they if they get Edmonds, I mean, is is Chase Edmonds due to come back this week? Is that what I've heard? Is that the the latest on Chase Edmonds? I mean, Cliff said Cliff uh, he was a game time basically this last week. Yeah, Cliff said that he was close and they wanted to be cautious. So it, it sounds like he's going to be back this next week. I, I would imagine if he's out there practicing, I, I would assume they'd want to get him back in the fold, and especially if James is a little banged up, just so that they can give him some reps and and uh, give James some time off a little bit. I hate I hate to say this because it's the NFL and there's 32 teams out there paying their 53 man roster millions of dollars to go out there and play and these are the elite of the elite. But if you can if you can take a week off while still playing a game, it's on the road against the Detroit Lions and you don't have to put guys like James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins in potential danger, especially when you have huge games coming up. The the, game, the home game against uh, against uh, Indianapolis on Christmas Day is going to be big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Especially with that with that running uh, running monster called Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a that that's going to be a big game. That's a bigger game than I think a lot of people are uh, putting it on. So yeah, I think for sure. Um, yeah, and like you said, it is. It's one of those games where you might be able to as much as you know. Detroit is an NFL football team. You know, they could win any given day, but. Uh, I would almost it, they could almost go about it like they did with Hopkins and, and Tyler and just say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna roll out these guys instead because we do have a lesser opponent, even though they're not gonna tell us that. But uh, obviously, from from what Murray and Hopkins went through, I, I felt like that last week that they missed, they could have probably came back, but that's neither here nor there now. Yeah. But I, I think they could see a similar situation like that, uh, definitely. Tyler, do you think this was the worst performance by the offensive line as a unit all season long? I mean, 26 pressures, that's double what the average NFL team gets on a, on a big day for a defense. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the first play, I think, was the, uh, the foreshadow of the <laughs> yeah. whole entire game was just the, the, the Max Garcia push into Kyler. Not even – Aaron Donald didn't even get to Kyler. It was just he pushed the guy into him. Mm-hmm. And from that point, it was just – I mean, Aaron Donald, and that was the thing, too. I think the biggest thing was Aaron Donald actually came and played. Like, he didn't play in week four. He only had four tackles in week four and then came out and had three sacks, three tackles for loss, three QB hits, a a pass deflection. I I might be off on one of those. But, yeah, he just – he was all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. Just uh, him being him and and that line, you know, I think they felt embarrassed after that last game. See, I felt like you could tell that they came out with a little more uh, fire than they did last time. Yeah, I mean, I even picked the Rams to win that game just because I just felt like, you know, back against the wall, you've got guys with a lot of pride, and, you know, Aaron, their superstars showed up. Aaron Donald absolutely showed up. He wrecked the Cardinals uh, defensively. And then their two big guys on offense, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, had huge games, which they didn't have in the first go-around of the game in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, Cooper. That those were the, my two my two guys right there that stood out to me the most were Cup and Donald because I mean that was those two guys just crushed it and and that's the thing too they didn't have Jalen Ramsey which is that's yeah. big I mean for Aaron Donald to I mean if Aaron Donald doesn't have the day he has I don't know if the Rams have enough to beat the Cardinals as bad as the Cardinals were off rhythm and everything else it was still really only a one score game for most of that game yeah and. To get through that whole game and still say, "Oh yeah, we lost thirty twenty three like that's not very bad if if you're looking at just the optics of how bad that game was, like you said, clock management at the end, just the penalties, just the miscues, just the the 
fourth and two drop by DeAndre Hopkins in, mm-hmm. the, in the red like red. That was zone. huge. Jeez, holy yeah. cow, that was huge. So yeah, that, that's my thing, man. And, and just and and yeah, you know, I thought they were going to come out there and roll him with Jalen Ramsey being out. I thought Hopkins was just going to feast, and and he had only what like sixty, fifty yards. Crazy. Yeah, and Kyler had three hundred and eighty. What he had three eighty seven for the game, so he had a big game. But it was. James Conner, really. I mean, it was their was their you know their saving grace offensively in that game. So the Cardinals got to figure things out. I mean, it's they're three and three at home now. They've lost three in a row, and they're playing worse and worse week by week that they that they play at home. And I know a lot has been made about the turnovers. They have eleven turnovers at home and only two on the road and things like that. But it's just like when I watch them play at home, it's they're they're discombobulated. They have no focus, especially in the last three weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, it, I, I've seen that too. It, it does really seem like they're kind of they're, their brain isn't fully engaged like it is when they're going to a Seattle or they're going to uh, Santa Clara. Like they, they just yeah, there's just a, a gear missing. They're they're out there. They, they're trying to be energized, but there is that little just that little gear missing that they they, they don't even really need to hit in the away games because they're already just so locked in. Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports joining us right now. He's our Cardinals insider. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. Uh, must follow if you're a Cardinal fan or an NFL fan. You just need some inside information on the team. And uh, you want to follow somebody, follow Tyler Drake. Does a great job uh, hooking us up on Twitter. Now, Tyler, uh, I, I'm not even. we're not even going to preview the Detroit game. I couldn't care less. The Cardinals are going on the road against Detroit. We've already talked about that. I, I mean, I really, I really couldn't care less about that. Um, you know, when, when looking at the – the potential matchup in the postseason. We know the Cardinals are going to make the postseason. That's just, a, I think it's a foregone conclusion. The team is certainly good enough to continue, uh, you know, to, to win games throughout the season, and they're going to go at least 2-2 two and two, uh, over the remainder of, of this season. So they're going to be in the playoffs. But as it stands right now, their, uh, you know, their game would be essentially hosting San Francisco in the first, in the first weekend of the playoffs. And in my opinion, that is the last place they want to be. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I agree with that one 100% just from, you know, how the Niners are playing. I mean, they, they've, <laughs> they went from a team that I think everybody thought was just going to fall off, kind of like what we thought Seattle was going to do a couple weeks yeah. ago. And, and instead, they've just rattled off wins. And, and you know, that, that Bengals game was pretty uh, back and forth. And, and for them to come out of that game in overtime with Jimmy Garoppolo doing what he did, I mean, that's a, that's a huge confidence booster for them. And, and yeah, that the NFC West is, it's just, it's just so tough. It, it's so tough to play in this division, no matter what, you don't even have to play against the teams. You still got to play them in the postseason probably. So yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think the, the Niners are, are one of the scary, uh, scary matchups for any team right now in the playoffs. Not to mention the Cardinals will be playing at home. <laughs> so there's that there's that bugaboo. Oh, I mean, at what point? Well, I mean, I mean, Tyler, you played you played sports and stuff, high school, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you've you've played plenty of sports, and I'm sure that you've been on losing teams in your in your time, and because I certainly have. Oh, you don't want to hear about my losing team. <laughs> we we never our, our basketball team in high school never like we never had a winning season. Oh, that's bad. But so see, this, every that, year, like, man, every year we had a losing season. So I, I 100% know how it feels to lose. I know. So yeah, you, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but you know, so you know, like even like I was on a really talented team. I, my my junior year, we were we were ridiculously talented, and we finished 500 that year and still made the playoffs. And we had a little bit of a of a playoff run, but we were thinking like state championship from day one. Like we were like ready to go, and. 
you know, you lose that first game, and you're like, okay, you know, that was a good team we played. And then you lose again the next week, and you're like, wait a second, what, you know, what's happening? And it's almost like you get this, you get this, like, this virus in your mind that you can't get rid of. And, you know, we saw it with Arizona oh, yeah. football this year, you know, the Wildcats this year, just, I mean, playing well enough to win games and finding new inventive ways to lose. And the Cardinals right yeah. now, it just seems like when they play at home and it's becoming a real glaring problem for them because they continue to play worse. Yeah, 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 it is. It's, it's, and nobody can put their, put their finger on it. That's, that's the craziest thing. And, and you know, Cliff was actually pretty funny. He, even though with the loss, he had a, a nice little joke there. Uh, he, they asked him about, you know, what he thought about home field advantage and how much that meant to him. And he goes, well, at this point, I'd rather just lose all the games and play on the road. So, uh, <laughs> you know, got to give it to him for saying that after. A He's loss. got a point. So, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. No, he really, I mean, it, for as much as, you know, no coach ever is going to say that, but I mean, right. at this point you kind of might start looking at that. And yeah, like you said, it is like a virus. I mean, every time we feel like we'd be up playing basketball, it was like, all right, what's going to happen this time. And then, yep, something would happen. So it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's rough to lose and lose multiple times and try to find that uh, that positive attitude of like, all right, we're going to figure it out this time instead of, okay, what's going to happen now? <laughs> I want to talk about a specific player because you and I talked about him very, very early in the season after week one when he had a massive game in Tennessee against the Titans. And I said during that first interview, I was like, I don't expect this to continue because he's a guy that will disappear for multiple weeks at a time. Um, you had a little bit of pushback on that. Chandler Jones has disappeared. Like he, he, I mean, he got, he got the one hit on Stafford where he hit his arm on the throw on Monday night, but that was the first time I saw Chandler Jones do anything in a football game in about four weeks. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there watching the game, and, that, and, and our conversation popped up into my mind because I, I watched Chandler a lot, and I saw not a lot. And uh, my buddy uh, – John Gabadora over from 98.7 was sitting there saying the same thing. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very shocking to see how it just goes from like a five sack outing to just, yeah, just to quiet. And yeah, he did have that hit, but yeah, for the most part, you know, there wasn't really much, uh, much pressure on Stafford all night. And it, it's not just him, but just uh, as, as, a, as that line in general, I mean, they just struggled against that offensive line. They weren't even doubling him, Tyler. Like, nobody's doubling him anymore. I, wa- I watch I him play every single week. They put, you know, just it's just, man, it's just hat on a hat against him, and everybody's winning. And I just feel like right now, and I, I'll get your opinion on this, I feel like they should have just traded him in the offseason because his value has decreased this year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, man. I, I, I know it's tough to say, that, but damn. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Golden's killing it, too. That, I mean, that's another thing is, is he's, he's playing out of his mind, which I think is – is kind of making up for Chandler's down yeah. play. But, yeah, you know, it, it, that's been a conversation of, dang, maybe they should have traded him in the offseason. They would have got more. And, and now it's like, well, man, do they pay him now or, or what? I mean, those are conversations that I hear is just, I mean, why, why would they pay him now? Like, so, I, I don't know. He's, he's, yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people would not pay for that. So, it's, I think these last couple of games are going to be huge for him uh, just to see where his future is going to be at. Well, it, it'll be interesting, you know, I mean, especially in the playoffs. I mean, if, if, if he can, you know, rise to the occasion in the postseason when everybody's watching, when, you know, there's, there's a lot fewer games on, obviously, that's the only game on, t- uh, on television, he can still, you know, kind of, I guess, trick his way <laughs> into a big contract. But, I, I mean, it's just been, uh, it's been another year of the typical Chandler Jones disappearing for weeks at a time, and we've seen it over and over and over again, and he continues to get all the money that he wants 
for the job that he does or does not do at certain times. But uh, regardless, <laughs> look, it, it's it's still a really good football team. For whatever reason, they go brain dead at home. Hopefully they can fix that because I would like to see them play well at home before the season ends because they're most, most likely going to be hosting uh, a playoff game. So and I'm sure that, uh, that they want to get that figured out as well. Tyler, when are you going to be at uh, practice yeah. again? When are you going to be at practice again for the, for the uh, It'll be uh, tomorrow, tomorrow and Friday, just two days this week. Okay. Well, enjoy your uh, enjoy the rest of the week. We appreciate all the hard work and, uh, and your time you dedicate to this, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday and enjoy the game uh, on Sunday. Yep, yep, no problem. See you later. Have a all good right. one. That is Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Insider for the Arizona Cardinals. You can follow him at TDrake4Sports. That's at TDrake4Sports on Twitter. And uh, always has great information, is is very dedicated to his job. Stays at the practices from beginning to end and even afterwards. Stays late to games, talking to players, talking to coaches, and uh, does a great job covering the team. And we appreciate the time that he gives us every single Wednesday here on the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening on ESPN Tucson. More after this. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. <laughs> Ted Fish continues to uh, make me laugh. <laughs> the dancing cactuses are, are fun, or cacti, I guess I should say. There's no such thing as cactuses. Uh, the dancing cacti gifts are, are a lot of fun. He just tweeted out a moment ago uh, a a gymnast doing a backflip, and it did not mean that he's, you know, head over heels excited for uh, a, a particular recruit. It wasn't, it wasn't to you know, signify that. It was to signify that Arizona has landed a flip commitment. <laughs> now, some developments that have occurred over the last 25 minutes for Arizona football. Uh, let me go ahead and start checking my boxes here. Noah Fafita, quarterback from Servite, has signed. I thought he was waiting until 1230. He's like, nope, not going to wait any longer. 8 a.m., boom, sent that thing across. He has signed, sealed, and delivered. His teammate from Servite, Kean Burnett, not that teammate, a different teammate, tight end Kean Burnett. Four-star tight end. He is the highest-rated tight end to commit to to sign with Arizona since 2007. Anybody know who that guy was? Yeah, he's going to be representing the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the uh, New England Patriots, maybe even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too, in the Hall of Fame someday as the greatest tight end to ever play the game, Rob Gronkowski. So this is a huge signing for Jed Fish and the Wildcats getting uh, Kean Burnett and Noah Fafita to, uh, to come in from Servite. Other players who have recently signed, Jonah Coleman, running back from Lincoln High School in uh, Stockton, California. He has sent in his NLI and just now a big one for the Wildcats, a guy who can play everywhere on the field. I, and I mean like everywhere on the field, uh, a guy by the name of A.J. Jones. He has signed with the Wildcats as well. Why is that going on? Oh, my goodness. Hush. The Wildcats are blowing up my phone right now. And there we go. Sorry about that. Uh, so so uh, A.J. Jones uh, has, uh, has now signed with the, uh, with the Wildcats as well. 
very, very excited about uh, all of this. This is uh, a very, very exciting day for the uh, for the Wildcats, and uh, they're getting some really, really nice commitments from the uh, from the, the the young men that they were targeting. They also just got a preferred walk on um, as well. So the uh, the list continues to grow with talented players who are going to be future Wildcats, and uh, excited to see who's next. Uh, Jed just tweeted out the flip, so. You know who could you know who could this be? You know there are there are several uh, several out there. It could be the Ephesians Price Sock signing. It could be Tai Tai Uyunglele, the defensive end who was previously committed to Washington State. So there there could be a, a multitude of guys that Jed is referencing with his backflip uh, tweet that he just sent out. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that as those roll in. Again, we'll give you moment to moment updates as soon as I find out. I will let you guys know as well. Uh, let's talk some Arizona basketball, though, coming up next because the Wildcats are going to be in action tonight at the McHale Center. I want to take a break because I want to make sure I give them plenty of uh, plenty of time to um, to uh, you know plenty of time to, to to break down the game. There's not going to be a whole lot, but I do want to recognize some of the things that are going on at uh, at Arizona basketball as well. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook is going to give you a $10 bonus when you place a $20 same-game parlay bet. Bet on a single game, or you can spread your bets out across multiple matchups. That's fine, too. It's up to you. As long as you bet 20 bucks in SGPs, that's same-game parlays, you'll notice it from the little icon that's on the, uh, on the tab there. As long as you bet 20 bucks in SGPs during the same week of NFL action, you're going to get a $10 bonus. In week 15, we just talked with Tyler about the Cardinals traveling to Detroit to take on the Lowly Lions. And uh, I'm going to look at some easy money, same game parlay with the over total points. I'm going to go Kyler Murray over passing yards and the Cardinals money line. Now, see for yourself why FanDuel Sportsbook is an America's number one sports book. It's safe and secure to do your transactions upon. They are now accepting Venmo. It's super easy to use, and the lightning-fast payouts when you win are always a nice feature. The same-game parlay bonus is live during NFL's Week 15 games, so lock in some winners today and enjoy your $10 bonus on FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up using my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, to place your risk-free bet of up to $1,000. And you can unlock this amazing promo by typing in promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 or over in President Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Wildcat basketball next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Man, the letters just continue to pour in. I'm super pumped. I am so pumped right now. I'm so excited. It's like Christmas. Christmas 10 days early. Uh... A couple more letters have just been sent in. It is going to be Juice County in uh, in Tucson. No, not T Mac yet. Okay, just again, I, my prediction is that he's gonna he's gonna forego the early signing period and sign in February. So hold your horses on that. If we get something, we'll get something. Uh, but Jacob Manu, the linebacker from also from Servite Anaheim, Anaheim Servite uh, High School has now signed his letter of intent. I left him off my list 
of 99.9%ers because I still wasn't sure. He was starting to get some late offers um, from some big schools and because his film looked so good. Like, he looks amazing on film. You watch him play. Again, like Fafita, he's a bit undersized for the position, but I think we remember a guy who finished in the top 10 in Heisman Trophy voting that was a two-star recruit for Rich Rod who was undersized, quote-unquote, undersized for his position as well. Um, I watched uh, I watched quite a bit of film on Jacob Manu, and I, I'm just I'm completely impressed with with how well he plays. He is smart, he's fierce, he's physical. I love his game, and he is now an Arizona Wildcat. And look, in that in the 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 Trinity League that he's in in California, it's a very competitive league with a lot of D1 scholies uh, going through it. And he was named the defensive MVP of that league this year. So. I'm I'm pumped about uh, Jacob Manu signing his letter of intent with the Wildcats. Uh, very very excited about that. Um, I also, you know, we we talked a little bit about uh, AJ Davis. He is uh, he's going to be coming in for the uh, for the Wildcats. Or I'm not AJ Davis. Sorry, I'm looking at another name. AJ Jones, wide receiver. I'm getting a lot of names sent to me here right now. Um, AJ Jones, who is a, a big physical wide receiver, can play a lot of different positions. I think he's going to be an absolute difference maker uh, for the Wildcats in the near future. Um, also, this just coming in as a, a guy, an, another guy who's kind of a Swiss Army knife. I think he's going to play probably corner and safety for Arizona, but plays both sides of the ball um, where he where he played his high school ball. And I'm going to butcher his name. Jai Avion Celestine, Celestine's his last name. Jai Celestine um, showed up to his signing day press conference wearing nothing but Arizona gear. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he's about to go ahead and sign that one as well. Uh, uh, Celestine is a is a flip. So um, he was committed to Western Carolina. He was, I think, he was going to play running back there. They were kind of slotting him to play running back. Um, but he's going to be signing right now. In fact, yes, he has signed with Arizona. Just tweeted out a picture of himself wearing all the Block A gear and uh, donning the Arizona gear. So uh, real excited to have Jai Celestine, he, he, a guy that can play everywhere. Like he plays offense, defense, special teams. Like he's do-it-all. Florida athlete, which you love to have. He's got that Florida speed um, that we are all familiar with. That is uh, that is speed central right there when you talk about uh, what kind of athletes Florida's turning out. So super excited about Celestine. He's going to be joining the Wildcats 2022 class as well. So good things happening for Arizona football. Great things happening for Arizona basketball as they get ready to take on Northern Colorado tonight. They put their 9-0 record on the line against uh, Northern Colorado. Look, it's Northern Colorado is not going to impress a whole lot of people, um, the best team they played this year was Texas. They only lost that game by 13. Texas isn't great, but that's you know saying a lot that that's the best team they played. They lost to Hilo College uh, in overtime, which is a, a small, small Hawaii school. Um, they lost to Hilo College. They lost to Cal Baptist, whom Arizona is going to play on Saturday. But they do have a string of three wins coming in to the game tonight. They beat Montana State, Montana, and South Dakota in back-to-back-to-back games uh, they, uh, over a five-day period. They won those three games. So impressive little stretch run for Northern Colorado. Now, in breaking down kind of what they do, what Northern Colorado does, uh, they're very similar to Wyoming. 
um, except they're not as good. So we all know how the game against Wyoming went. Uh, Northern Colorado, very similar. They run a very deliberate half-court offense. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. They're a volume three team. Um, they're good. They're, I mean, they're, they're a good shooting team. They, uh, they're shooting 37.5% from beyond the arc, which is good for 43rd best in the country. So they are going to knock down some threes tonight against Arizona. If you're attending the game or you're going to be watching on TV, be ready to watch them go on some three-point runs. They run a, a three-guard system, and all three guards like to shoot the threes, and then they got two guys that come off the bench uh, that are also guards. One's a, a, a more of a three-position guy, a small, a small forward guy. Uh, but they both like to launch the threes as well. In fact, I think they have four guys who have attempted more than 45 three-pointers this year, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be launching threes over Arizona. Again, a, a deliberate offense. Their, their pace of play is, uh, is really quite slow when you, uh, uh, when you look at them. In fact, their average uh, pace of play, their adjusted tempo for, for Ken Palm is number 161 in the country and number 190 in possession length. Here's the problem for Northern Colorado. They're one of the worst teams in the country in defending the paint. They are three uh, – I'm sorry. What is the – hang on, I just lost it now. They were – I didn't write it down. I was like, oh, I'll have it here in front of me, no problem. Uh, they are number – yeah, they're 239th in the country in effective field goal percentage uh, shooting the football – or shooting the football, my God. My brain is absolutely just scrambled right now. As I'm, My phone is going nuts right now. Sorry. I don't – need to be <laughs> I don't need to be on the air right now. People are texting me like crazy. This is nuts. Um signing day. Hashtag signing day, right? Defensively defensively they do not defend the uh, the paint very well. They give up a ton of points in the paint. Uh they also are not very good at defending the three point line. In fact, they're just not very good defending at all. They're ranked number two hundred and sixty eighth in the country in uh defensive efficiency. That's n- not a good sign for Northern Colorado. Also, uh, when you look at the like how they distribute their points in uh, on offense, they are 330th in the country in scoring percentage inside inside the arc. So basically, based on the percentage of the points that they score, they're nearly dead last in the country in the amount of points scored inside on two pointers. So they rely solely on the three-pointer. In fact, they're 32nd in the country in scoring percentage from beyond the arc. So this is a team that is just going to shoot, 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 and shoot some more. And Christian Coloco may be able to take kind of the night off uh, defensively, which is fine for me. He can dominate inside, which I think he will. Um, Arizona is going to be able to to beat up this team inside. They're not very big. I think their tallest guy is six foot nine. So again, very similar to what we saw against Wyoming very deliberate offense. They're a small team. They're experienced, but they're not as good as Wyoming was, and uh, they're just going to try to shoot the lights out tonight and see what they can do against Arizona. So um, excited to, to see the Wildcats in action tonight. If you want to see them, uh, I believe there are some tickets still available on ArizonaWildcats.com. And then, of course, the Cal Baptist game coming up on Saturday. Uh, you've got 24 hours to buy tickets in the Zona Zoo to sit in the lower level right behind the uh, the basket there where the Zona Zoo normally sits. They open that up to the public for 48 hours worth of sales. So come on down and uh, cheer on the Wildcats on uh, Saturday night as well against Cal Baptist. And again, if, if you're if you're looking for like a storyline or a reason to go to the Cal Baptist game, first of all, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, which is a great time to uh, to be out and about. It's not too late. It's not too early. 
you can get the, you get things done. You can watch some football, and then you can go to the basketball game. But Cal Baptist, and we'll talk about this on uh, on Friday. They have a kid on their team that is going to the NBA, and I think he's going to be a a pretty damn good basketball player in the league. He's already a damn good basketball player. I think he's averaging a triple-double so far this year, and we'll talk about him coming up. He's a very exciting player uh, from Cal Baptist. He is having a remarkable season as a freshman. (laughs) He's a freshman. So uh, not sure how they got this dude, but nonetheless, there you go. So uh, Northern Colorado tonight, that game is at uh, 7 o'clock at the McHale Center. Come on down and uh, enjoy some b-ball. And uh, welcome the boys back after their hard-fought win in Champaign against the Illini. And I know that, that Tommy Lloyd kind of played it off in his press conference, was like, look, uh, you know, I, we've moved on from the Illinois. It was, it was a good win. We're happy about it. Illinois is a good team. Um, and now we're focused on Northern Colorado, which is very much coach speak, but – when Tommy says, you kind of believe it, right? Like he's like, it's not, he's not BSing us. He's not blowing smoke. He's he's really it's it's just the way he thinks. You know, Tommy's a very he seems to be at least. I don't know him, uh, you know, like I knew Sean, of course, and and hopefully I get the opportunity to to get to know Tommy as well as I uh, as I know Sean Miller. But you know, he just seems like a he's the no nonsense guy, and he sticks to his guns. And you know, even though he's you know as young as he is, and being a first time head coach. He's got his convictions. He's very, very solid on his values, and I love to see that. And that's that's a big part of the reason why he's having this early success with this basketball team. And look, it's getting national recognition. Ben Matherin was the uh, was the first recipient of the U.S. Basketball Writers Association Player of the Week. Um, they do it every week, and those guys all get thrown into the hopper essentially at the end of the year for the Oscar Robertson Award, which is. <laughs> Massive, massive award for a college basketball player. So Benedict Matherin, the first recipient of this season's uh, U.S. BWA uh, uh, Player of the Week award. So congratulations to Ben Matherin, well earned. Uh, no denying the fact that that he has absolutely earned that one. And uh, congratulations, and looking for more. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be excited to watch them play tonight. Join Spears and Ali for Thursday Night Football as they broadcast live this Thursday from the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, located on the southwest corner of Cortero and I-10. You can uh, join them for the broadcast and then stick around for the Thursday Night Football game with over 40 televisions and plenty of beers on tap. Native Grill and Wings got everything that you need to enjoy the game, including delicious wings. Uh, I like the pizza there, honestly. Like Pizza's pretty damn good at Native Grill and Wings, so you can check that out. And you can obviously uh, download their Native Grill and Wings loyalty app, which allows you to cash in on uh, discounts and things like that. When you you know the more food you buy, the more the more off you get, which is a great deal, and it works out for everybody. Um, check out their food and drink specials that they got there, and of course, it's every Thursday night with Spears and Ali at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, home of the original Arizona Wing. When I return, we'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Maybe have some more news on some signees for Arizona's 2022 class. That's next here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, Tai Tai Uyongalele going to have to change his header on his Twitter account because right now it says Washington State commits. However, 
Ty Ty as it's Ty Ty time in Tucson. He has signed and has officially become an Arizona Wildcat. Really nice get. I talked about it at the beginning of the show. Really nice get. Uh, an important piece to the future of the recruiting for Arizona Wildcats football is Ty 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 Uyunglele. So a flip from Washington State. They sign him. They get him in. This is uh, this is a, 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 an extremely good sign. Also, Kevin Green, wide receiver from Bishop Alamany, who I talked about in the uh, the beginning of the show as a ninety nine point nine percenter, he has signed and is officially an Arizona Wildcat. So it'd be easier for me to say tell you the guys who have not signed because they are pouring in right now. Um, it seems like every three three to five minutes they get a new one. So the players that have not signed, and again, these are big names. These are these are young men who are probably going to have some type of of uh, media access and some type of an event where they uh, they sign later in the day. Uh, Sterling Lane, outside linebacker from Oaks Christian, he is a big time recruit, four star, one of the top recruits in this in this class for Arizona. He has yet to sign his letter. Isaiah Ward, defensive end from uh, Colony High in Ontario. Um, he was kind of a, a later commitment. Um, I fully expect him to sign. It's just a matter of when. Um, we're still waiting to hear on what Ephesians Prysock is going to do. As I, Again, I expect that announcement to come in at some point today that he will sign, which will be a massive get for uh, Jetfish in this football program. I mentioned Rayshon Luke, Speedy, um, the running back who has – he will sign today, but he won't make his announcement until – uh, the AA Bowl, which is on January 8th, which he's going to be playing in. So we'll see that announcement there. It's going to be kept hush-hush by whomever, of course, uh, receives his uh, his signed letter. Um, other than that, man, it's been a great morning for Arizona football. And, again, we're just waiting on some of these guys to uh, to send in their uh, their commitment letters. But Noah Fafita, Kean Burnett, Jacob Manu, three of the members of that Servite uh, football team signing their letters today. We'll still wait to see what's going to happen with T-Mac. Offensive lineman Jacob Reese and Grayson Stovall. Jacob uh, Reese from Utah. Stovall played at Hamilton. A couple of signees from uh, from Chandler High School as well. Or, I'm sorry, R- Hamilton had two signees, Deuce Davis and Grayson Stovall from Hamilton. We've had one so far from Chandler in uh, Isaiah Johnson. They're a uh, very talented defensive lineman. Um, and then also uh, Jermaine Wiggins, Jay Wiggy. Uh, he is going to be uh, from the the, uh, the def- defensive lineman from Maine. His dad played in the NFL for several years. Uh, a nice uh, a nice get there. Tyler Martin, tight end from Brophy, big tight end. Uh, I mentioned Deuce Davis, big get for uh, for Arizona. One of the more highly recruited players from uh, from Hamilton uh, High School here in Chandler. Uh, Jonah Coleman, running back from Lincoln High. He joins the Wildcats class. And uh, it's very exciting right now. The phone has just been going crazy, and I apologize for having that kind of go out over the air. It's kind of, I don't know, I, it may not sound bad to you, but I hate that. It, it sounds un, unprofessional to me. But uh, nonetheless, it's a busy day. <laughs> and I forgot to turn my ringer off. So there we go. Whew. Man, I'm out of breath. <laughs> and it's not because I had pneumonia two weeks ago. Busy day. That's going to wrap things up for this uh, Wednesday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Drake, Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports, joining us. You can follow him at tdrake4sports. Of course, thanks to Mary, back behind the uh, the glass in the studio there. 
taking care of all that uh, button pushing and things that I am not able to figure out on my own, and I wouldn't be anywhere without her. So thank you, Mary. Appreciate your hard work there. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned for uh, updates. And then, of course, today from 3 to 6, Spears and Ali will have a complete wrap-up of signing day for you. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.